365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and much more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. I'm joined as ever by the Athletics Villa writer, Greg Evans. And Greg, he's all going off. There's all, there's all sorts going on at Villa Park at the moment, isn't there? You're fresh from the Burton game last night. We're signing players, players are signing contracts. Literally, it's all happening. Yeah, very busy actually. Um, it was as as we expected, really, that it was going to pick up in this sort of second and third week of September. We always we always knew it was going to be a slow window, didn't we? So um, it's really good positive news actually. It feels like there's something to get excited about every day at the moment at Villa. Um, I have to admit, when Burton scored after what was about eighty seconds, or I, I can't remember the actual time, I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe I was building up this club a little bit too much. Um, but look, Villa, Villa got there in the end, got the job done. Um, thought it was quite a professional performance, really, for um, to you know to, to get over the line and win three one. They were it wasn't quite vintage Villa, was it? But I think um, you know some of the some of the players that played won't be playing um, on the Premier League opener on Monday. Um, and, and obviously today's news, Emiliano Martinez, the goalkeeper from Arsenal, has now joined the ranks. So yeah, it's, it's all starting to look quite positive really. And um, I'm looking forward to putting together my strongest 11 for the, for, the, uh, for the first game of the season, which is a story I've been tasked with. And my editor tells me that I'm the only uh, reporter that hasn't actually done that story yet. So I better get moving. <laughs> well, to be fair, because it feels like we're going to sign a player every day at the moment, so it's, it's difficult to predict what that first eleven is going to be on Monday. Let's start with the, with the breaking news. We're, we're recording now on Wednesday morning, and Martinez has just signed. I think it's one that we expected to go through over the last few days. It's one we've known about for a while, but there was some stuff to go over the line, Arsenal's end. But how encouraging is it that Villa are signing a player from a top six club who's on on the up? It feels like when Villa have bought players in from the, the big clubs in the past. They're on their way down. Here, we're getting someone they wanted to keep and someone who's very much on an upward trajectory. Yeah, a really impressive signing, actually. Somebody who, who I didn't expect Villa would be able to get over the line. You know, if, if, if you'd have asked me in July or the end of July when Martinez was the number one goalkeeper at Arsenal, um, when he just guided them to the FA Cup final and, and obviously performed well and, uh, and and they won on the day, I'd have said, well, no way. And, and in all honesty, there's a lot of people that I've spoken to um, who have close links to Arsenal and, and some of them suggest that he's a better goalkeeper than, than Bernd Leno. So feels yeah. like Villa have got a, a really, really good goalkeeper here. Um, just 28 years old, which is relatively young still for a goalkeeper. He's obviously been um, in England for the last 10 years, signed from Independiente when he was 17 years old. Um, has been working very hard at Arsenal to improve his game, um, worked with some top coaches there. So as you'll see in the story that I'm writing about him, I spoke to some of the Arsenal coaches who, who worked with him and, and just they just explained how much he's developed um, you know, over the, over the recent years. Um, my colleague James McNicholas uh, contributed heavily to the story as well. And um, 
uh, you know, just goes through some of his tough times at Arsenal because it hasn't all been plain sailing for him there. You know, he's been in the background really for 10 years, pretty much every goalkeeper that, um, that Arsenal have had in the, in the period that he was there has been given a go. You know, Szczesny, Manone, uh, Fabianski, obviously Petr Cech and, and Jens Lehmann, I think just crossed over when he first joined. But up until the season just gone, Martinez has been waiting in the wings really and sort of getting very frustrated about not getting his go. So he's a very strong-minded character. He's somebody who said to him, said to his family, his, his wife um, and his parents, who, who he speaks very highly of uh, because of their difficult upbringing in Argentina, he, he targeted holding the number one jersey at Arsenal. Um, and the fact that he managed to do that at the back end of last season just shows his grit and determination and, and that he got there in the end. And look, I, I think it's a great signing for Villa and I'm really excited to, to see how he gets on. The, the, the one thing I'm really excited to see is whether Dean Smith's um, footballing philosophy now will be able to come to fruition with the fact that they've got a goalkeeper who his distribution is, is fantastic and he knows how to play from the back. So really excited. Right now, we're offering listeners a special offer to subscribe to The Athletic. You can access all of Greg's writing and so much more for just £1 a month. You can read his recent article on what Jack Grealish's contract means for Villa. Just go to theathletic.com slash villapod to sign up. That's theathletic.com slash villapod and pay only £1 a month. Now, I don't think this myself, but do you think there could be an allegation that Villa have overpaid a little bit for someone that's pretty much, he's only been a number one for that, those 10 games after after lot, after lot all the COVID stuff. Do you think it's a big fee, isn't it? There's no getting away from that. But do you think they've overspent or do you think it's money well spent? I think it's a transfer fee that they didn't quite expect to pay, but I think it's one they're obviously willing to in the end. Um, I think it just shows that Villa obviously don't want to pay over the odds for their players. They want to be getting good value for money. But with the two billionaire, billionaire owners that they have at the club, um, they can afford to, you know, and, and it's not going to impact on the budget too much. Um, so, yeah, look, I think if you'd have asked any of us 12 months ago, maybe even six months ago, Martinez would have probably been a five, six, seven million pound player, wouldn't it? But... He has come in and shown that he's actually a very, very good goalkeeper. Um, performed very, very well for Arsenal for 12 games in a row. Um, and if you can handle the pressure of playing for such a big club like Arsenal and perform to that level, then it shows that your value and your worth. And um, I do firmly believe that, yes, £20 million is a lot of money, but Villa are getting good value for money for it. Yeah, for him personally, as well, playing every week, obviously a real big factor in the move will be the fact that he wants to be the Argentine. And number one, I don't believe he's got any caps at the moment At the moment we're doing this podcast. So that that's a chance for him now to establish himself as a Premier League number one and to get himself some international recognition as well. Yeah, definitely. Something that's, that he's heavily motivated by. You know, Romero has been the guy that he's been battling with for years. But because he hasn't been playing for Arsenal and because some of the loan spells that he had haven't been quite as successful as maybe he would have hoped, the international selectors wouldn't wouldn't be interested in a player who's not playing. It's just as simple as that. So he'll know that playing regularly for Villa in the Premier League on the biggest stage um, will get him noticed, providing he uh, you know he meets the, the standards that are needed. What would Tom Heaton be thinking? Now, obviously, he's a, he's a bit away from fitness at the moment, but he was brought in to be Villa's number one. Now he's looking at, he's got a £20 million goalkeeper in competition with him. 
he kind of left Burnley because he was worried about his number one slot because he had Nick Pope breathing down his neck. What, what's he going to be thinking now? Well, first of all, Tom Heaton, he's um, a top-class professional and, 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 and an all-round really good guy, somebody who um, has always given his time and, and to, to the press. You know, I can only take him on that type of relationship that... Um, you know, I've managed to, to kind of build with him. He's just a very minor relationship of speaking to him after the game, but he's somebody who will always stop and talk after the game and, and give his thoughts. So somebody I respect massively for that. Um, he will be frustrated at um, the injury, of course. You know, it was so unlucky, so unfortunate that he sustained that injury on New Year's Day at his former club when he was in in a good moment when Villa seemed to be turning the corner a little bit. Um, and he'd obviously earned his move to Villa uh, as as the player um, Dean Smith wanted to sort of bring the young group together. He'll be bitterly disappointed with the injury first and foremost and the fact that he's still got some way to go. Um, he's, very, he's, he's also an exceptional goalkeeper, so he'll back himself. Um, he'll back himself to, to perform and to maintain the high standards when, when he returns to train, full training. Um, and he will be chasing Martinez down all the way, make no mistake about that. I don't think there will be any bitter feeling, or, any, or so to speak. I think that he will understand that um, you know he's injured and, and he's not available and Villa want somebody of his standards um, in between the sticks for them. Yeah, it feels like one that Villa couldn't really afford to take the risk on going into the new season with both Heaton and Steyr. They've, they've both been fairly injury prone over, over the last few years. Final thing on Martinez before we move on. Does he come straight in on Monday, straight in the team, do you think? Uh, I expect so. I mean, he's certainly ready. Um, it'll be, that'll be something I'll need to check with Dean Smith you know, in the next press conference before the game. But... Yeah, I mean, look, Oyen Nyland didn't do anything wrong yesterday in, in the Burton game. Jed Steer is a very re- reliable, understood. He's somebody I've written um, a lot about and somebody I believe in from, from the games I've watched. So I think Villa are in safe hands. So, you know, pardon the cliche, but... <laughs> um, yeah, look, Couldn't resist, could you? <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's just, look, if you're spending £20 million on a goalkeeper, you're going to want to use him as soon as possible. So I expect him to start. Yeah, and whatever happens this window now, I don't think we're going to get any better or bigger news than what we woke up to on Tuesday morning. I, I got a text in the morning saying that it was happening and I thought this has got this has got to be a wind-up. There's absolutely no way this is true. But we thought all summer he's, he's probably going to go. As the weeks have gone on, it seemed less likely that he will leave the football club. But Jack Grealish has now signed on at Villa for the next five years, Greg. Yeah, absolutely brilliant news, you know. With all the excitement of new players coming in, make no mistake, this is the biggest signing of the summer. You know, the Villa could not have replaced Jack Grealish. They they couldn't have no, no they couldn't have found a player of his quality. And that that performance against Burton, okay, I know it was League One and I was getting a little bit excited on Twitter when I was watching him, but I mean he was unbelievable. He was he was everywhere. He was like a man possessed. It felt like he was playing in the cup final. He was chasing down yeah. everything. He was raging at the linesman when um, decisions weren't going his way. Uh, he was getting frustrated with the Burton players who were kicking at his ankles. Um, you know, which is nothing new. He knows that, and and obviously he just led by example with his performance. Um, it, it, everything good went through. Everything good that Villa produced went through him, didn't it? And uh, and then he just topped it off with that brilliant goal. Right at the end, the the only the only um, 
it would have been the icing on the cake if it was the match-winning goal. But then, you know, Keenan Davies popped up late on to get another one and didn't make it quite as important. But a brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely excited to to ha- hopefully have another five years of, of watching Jack Grealish because, you know, he's the star player for Aston Villa. He was the top goal scorer last season. And, you know, I have to admit, I, I did think that it was going to be his last season at Villa. I thought yeah, me too. with the performances that he put in last season, with all the talk of, of other clubs being interested. And look, he came out in his interview and he said yesterday, it was only three or four days ago where I didn't know where I'd be starting the season. So, you know, let's let's not um, let's not forget that this was very close. You know, he if if a, if a firm if a firm offer of eighty million pound came in from one of the clubs, he would have had a decision to make. Um, but look, you know, we all know his love for Aston Villa. We know that he that he wants nothing more than to succeed at this club. Um, the only thing I'd say now is the pressure is on Villa because Nasif Sawaris gave him the big sell in a FaceTime conversation before the, the last pre-season game of the season. Um, Jack Grealish left that conversation feeling very energised, very enthused. Um, he he was pleased with the ambition that the owner showed. And it's now down to Villa to deliver because Jack Grealish is not a player that 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 should be playing in a relegation threatened side. So it cannot be it cannot be a staying up by a point again. It cannot be a seventeenth place finish. It has to be Villa pushing on that. How much credit do the owners deserve here? Because it feels like COVID and everything that's happened, it's it's affected a lot of teams and a lot of teams aren't in a position to really strengthen from last season where it feels like Villa, we're we're getting stronger all the time now. We're making good business where there's good decisions, there's good things happening at the club. Because of the owners, COVID doesn't seem to have affected Villa perhaps as much as it's affected other teams. Am, am I right in thinking that? Yeah, look, they're two billionaire owners. They're ridiculously rich. <laughs> they're ridiculously wealthy. They've got the money to spend um, and they want to spend it on Aston Villa. But you've got to look further and deeper behind it. It's not just the first team that they're strengthening. They've ploughed a lot of time and resource into the women's team. Um, okay, it hasn't started very well for them, but... They got promoted maybe a year earlier than expected. They've put a lot of time and resource and um, into the academy. You know they they recognised collectively as as a team that West Bromwich Albion had the best academy in the Midlands. It was a strategic and deliberate plan to um, you know re- disrupt that really and and take the best uh, staff members from West Brom to help bring uh, some of the best kids through. So they've got a long term plan and vision. And everything's gone right for them so far, hasn't it? I mean, if you, if you think of it, they came in when Villa were right on the brink, got promoted in the first season, got took them to uh, the Premier League, kept them up. Um, last season was a it was a difficult one because they had to completely rebuild the team, but they also decided that they weren't going to spend heavily on wages, and that was a little bit of a risk because you think. Well, if you, if you don't push the boat out on the wages, you might not always get the, the top quality players that you need to stay in the Premier League. But it worked for them. And, you know, OK, it might have been a little bit fortunate staying up by points, um, uh, you know, on the last game of the season. But it worked. And, and now you can see the real drive and desire to improve the team and to um, start spending some of that, some of that cash and, and flexing their financial muscle, as I said. Um, you know, the, the, the salaries now are going up, up and up. Ollie Watkins and Emiliano Martinez have signed on bumper deals. And we know that Jack Grealish has, has set the bar extremely high with, with his new contract. So 
they want to spend the money to to, to make Villa great. And, you know, if, if, if you're a fan, that's just an absolutely brilliant thing to be a part of. 1874 is brought to you by Hims. If you haven't heard of them, they're basically your best mate when it comes to those tricky men's health problems. Balding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start to lose our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Hims was created to make it easier for guys to seek care, especially guys who avoid seeing their doctor in person for awkward health conversations. Not everyone wants to have personal conversations face-to-face with a stranger in a white coat. So Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and is completely discreet. You'll get a proper consultation and they'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier to book your free consultation. Just go to forhims.co.uk slash athletic. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S.co.uk slash athletic. The likes of McGinn, Louise, Mings now, do you think they're looking at, at getting a pay increase with Villa now seemingly up in the budget? This is the issue they're going to have, isn't it? You know, if, if players are seeing other players earning big money, then they're going to want it too. But it's all down to those players now to perform. And uh, I'm sure Villa will negotiate better terms or extended contracts at, at the point that they feel is the right time. It, it's, it's more about performance, I think, for... You can't be just splashing out money and giving every player a new contract just because they've started up. It's, it's time to to be sensible, to reward the players that really need it and then keep an eye on the others um, and give them their... Um, rewards when they deserve it. With the season about to start, Villa, Villa haven't started yet. Obviously, the Premier League has, but but Villa haven't. Do you think we'll get any more in before the game on Monday? Well, Bertrand Traore, the the Leon winger, is the next one that will that will be coming through. He's been on the radar for some time. Um, once the formalities are done, you know, his medical and and the bits of paperwork that need to be completed, um, his work permit issues, that will be the next one through the door. And then I expect Villa to. Still maybe get one or two more players in, you know, still certainly looking at it. If they can improve other areas, then they'll certainly do it. I said last week on the podcast that they wanted a midfielder. Um, That's an area that they are still looking at. So, you know, we'll we'll wait and see on that one. Um, And and Milot Rashika, the the Werder Bremen Tekka, he's definitely a player still on the radar. So that one's taking a little bit longer than than expected, but we'll, we'll, you know, hopefully have some more news on that in the days ahead. I know you don't like to speculate, but do you think that one will happen? Because that's one that Villa fans have been on at all window. Yeah, look, it's one that's it's one that's been around for a while, hasn't it? Now, and it's like you know, I wrote about it in January that Villa are interested in him. It's just getting the right deal for the club. You know, I'm I'm, I'm getting mixed messages off people, so I just want to make sure that. Um, you know that that it, when it's on, it's on. You know, I put a I put a speculative tweet out over the weekend, which um, you know, which got fans excited. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't say it was definitely done. You know, it was it was like it was heading towards it, but there's still a little bit of time to go. So it's just one we just need to monitor for now. Yeah, definitely a new social media strategy going on at Greg Evans HQ. I did notice that last night at the game as well. I enjoyed your, your tweeting style last night. Let's just talk about the game last night in the Carabao Cup a little bit. It's one of them where I always think it's difficult because you've got people playing for fitness, people who know they're not first choice playing. So you end up with a disjointed team selection, which in turn usually leads to a disjointed performance as well. Villa got the job done, but... Your likes of Henry Lansbury last night, El Ghazi, people who perhaps are going to be on the fringes. That's really a game that they need to be taken by the scruff of the neck, isn't it? And it didn't really happen. So do you worry for people like that and their futures? I think when you get an opportunity and you're a fringe player and you don't take it, it's always it's always going to be tough to then get in the next week, especially when the squad is so big at Villa at the moment. You know, they need to offload players because um 
they've they've signing players, but they're not offloading those that are not going to feature. Um, yeah, I noticed that Al Ghazi came under a lot of criticism on social media from from supporters. Um, yeah, look, I think he'll be the first to admit that he that he didn't have his best game. But look, it's the first game of the season. Um, it, it's going to take players a little bit of time to get to find their feet again. And I think I think Al Ghazi's shown um, in some of his performances. He's been he's been there and scored crucial goals. So you know I'm not gonna not gonna hammer him straight away. I'm not gonna pick out any other individuals. But I just think that some of the players that were given their opportunity um, didn't necessarily take it. Yeah, you know, I thought Lansbury showed flashes of um, uh, you know of the player that we knew he was at Nottingham Forest. Um, I was quite impressed with Al Mohammeda. You know, I was I was having a debate with a couple of the other journalists who were sitting around saying. Would I start Al Mohammadi on 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 uh, Monday ahead of Matty Cash? I'd like to see Matty Cash in a Villa shirt first before I had that judgment, but unfortunately I haven't. So yeah, I, I don't know what I'd say. I think I just think that Al Mohammadi offers that little bit of extra security defensively. I think he's a good crosser of the ball. I suppose the only thing he really lacks is the is the pace, isn't it? Which which Cash will bring. So um, what do you think? Would you would you start Cash or Al Mohammadi? Like you, I've not seen much of Cash because when Villa were in the Championship, Cash was obviously playing in midfield. So I know him as a midfielder rather than the right back that was marauding down the flank for Forest last season. But I don't. What, was he injured last night, or was he just one that, that was rested along with Connor and McGinn? I, I don't know whether he was fit last night. Yeah, I mean there, there was a few. In, um, it was a question I didn't ask actually. I probably should have, but um, there was a few missing. Weren't the Trezor guy wasn't there. You're uh, highlighting me as being a poor journalist here, Dan. This this isn't what we should be doing. We should be hyping each other up here. Um, you do, you're doing it yourself. You don't need me to do it. You're doing it yourself. <laughs> no, so Trezor Gay was missing, wasn't he? Horahan and um, McGinn. But I think they were just uh, left out of it just because, you know, they weren't needed. Yeah, McGinn and Connor obviously played played international games in in the week. Mings and Grealish were away with England, but but didn't play. So I, I presumed it was it was something to to do with that. How do you think we're shaping up going into that first game against Sheffield United? Then, Greg, do you, do you think we're in a good place? I watched Sheffield United on on Monday against Wolves, and I, th- I thought they didn't look the team of last season. And I kind of felt that after the COVID break as well. It's, it's kind of a good game for Villa at Villa Park, I think. Well done. I'm glad you asked me that because that is a question that I asked Dean Smith last night. How do you think you show up? And uh, to be honest, it wasn't the it wasn't the reply that I expected. He said that he thinks he's still got a little bit of work to do, really, because um, you know he mentioned that it's still early days. There's still a new couple of new players coming in and just finding their feet. Um, I think the biggest um, the biggest thing he wants to do, uh, the manager, is find a good balance because towards the back end of last season, Villa were very strong defensively. Um, I remember writing a story saying during the project restart, only Manchester United and Wolves were harder to beat, uh, harder to score against than Villa, which is, you know, an incredible statistic considering Villa were leaking goals from prior to the lockdown. Um, But the one thing that was really missing was a little bit of attacking enterprise, wasn't it? There wasn't much, really in terms of, of attacking intent and creativity going forward. So I think that's something that the manager has been trying to address in recent weeks that he's had with the players because it is all about finding that balance, isn't it? Villa need to stay tight defensively, but they also need to show a little bit more in attack. I think with Ollie Watkins coming in, 
they, that will improve the the strike uh, the strike force. I think what he does well is he works very hard and hassles defenders and that sort of creates space for others around him. But then I also think what he does very well is he gets into those positions where he's going to score the goals. And um, his season last season shown that he's you know cl- he's a clinical finisher. Okay, it's going to be a step up. Uh, for him in the Premier League, but he's a clinical finisher and he, and he scored in the two games that he's played for, for Aston Villa so far, which is a very good sign. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident. I've been saying this for a while now. I'm, I'm confident that Villa will have a better season than last season. I still think there are, I think there are four or five teams that are worse than Villa now. I actually think, you know, if I, if I had to draw up the table of where I think Villa rank, I think there's, there's four or five teams that are worse than than them. Um, Sheffield United potentially being one of them. Yeah, I don't want to um, judge teams too early based on one early performance, but I just think Sheffield United aren't quite going to hit the levels that they did last season because, by their own admission, it was very high, wasn't it? Um, I do. I do rate Chris Wilder as a manager, though. I think that he'll get the best out of them, and I, I don't think they'll get relegated. I just think they'll struggle a little bit more. Um, yeah, and as you say, a perfect game for Villa to start, really, because they'll really fancy the chances. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles you like, and everything at the price you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company that's focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop, and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash eighteen seventy four and you can set up your profile. They'll deliver those great looks personalised just for you. You'll pay a ten pound styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back items that aren't right for you. Get started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash eighteen seventy four right now, and make sure you use our show name to support our podcast. Towards the end of the season, we did start to find the balance. Obviously, the last four games, we were unbeaten, and that was what kept us up. And I think confidence plays a part as well. I think as the confidence got, got a bit better, so did the, the attacking threat. So I'm confident that we will find a balance going into the new season. And with Watkins as well, scoring a tap-in last night, I don't think we scored a tap-in all season last season, especially from a front player, did we? So it's, it's a big thing. It looks a simple goal, but that was the kind of goal that we didn't score last season. Yeah, and, and the good thing about Watkins is, is that he is that he left that pitch really frustrated. It's, he didn't left that he didn't leave the pitch satisfied that he scored. He left it frustrated yeah. that he didn't score more. Um, and and something something Smith said after the game, you know, he said that uh, he said that although he scored twenty six goals last season, the first conversation he had with him about his goal scoring run last season was that he didn't score more. So you know, he's that he's that player that's never satisfied. He's got an insatiable hunger for goals and you know that, that can only bode well can't it for, for Villa if, if he's somebody that wants to desperately score goals and isn't satisfied when he doesn't um, you know what better centre forward to have Yeah people I've spoken to in and around the club are really impressed with him since since he's turned up he's been doing well in training and he, he did well against Man U by all accounts in the friendly at the weekend Greg we're wrapping up now but I still honestly I, I cannot believe that Jack Grealish has, has signed on for the for the for the five years. It, it really is an unbelievable feeling. He's gone from him making his England debut last week as a fan. That felt like a, a really special moment, and it felt like something that the Villa fans have been waiting for for a long time. And then the cherry on the cake this week is that he's, he's signed the deal as well. He's going to be at Villa for, for the next five years, we hope. And he's he's become a boy to a man, really. And I feel that he's well on the way to becoming an elite footballer. 
Yeah, he is, isn't he? You know, I'm, I just watched his performance yesterday, and I just thought that um, he, he is on that he's on that journey now to becoming a world class footballer, and it's it's just fantastic for the supporters, isn't it? I know I can I can hear in your voice how how important it is for um, you know on behalf of the Villa fan base that that he signed, and his story so wonderfully unique, isn't it? Because he's been at the club for almost twenty years, and um, I, I presume you share the the uh, the feelings of every Villa supporter at the moment, Dan. Yeah, I mean, rightly or wrongly, at, at times I, I'd written off Villa. To be fair, because I thought we were on the on the on the way down, and also I'd written off any chance of Grealish staying. So it's like it's like a surprise, a surprise really, a, a nice surprise because week by week it's felt like we've got more chance of keeping him. But for someone that potentially wanted wanted a move at a given time, he's actually weakened his own position in some ways in, in leaving by signing that deal. So he's talking about the projects and talking to the owners and stuff and that he believes in a, in the project, that he used them words. So as a fan and all the other Villa fans, hearing someone like Jack Grealish say that, it's not hollow. You, you know that he means it. So I really think now it's an exciting time to be a Villa fan and I do truly believe that we're going to kick on but I've been in these positions before where I've really felt we were heading in the right direction and it's gone tits up so I'm going to try try and curb my excitement but it's virtually impossible with Jack signing that new contract because it just is such big and good news for the club. Greg, I think that does us for today. It's been a pleasure to speak to you, a pleasure to see you as well. Not, not something we do very often when we're doing this podcast so yeah. Enjoy your week and you'll be at Villa Park on Monday, won't you? I will, yep. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking yeah. forward to being back there. It's a bit hollow, you know, obviously we know fans there, but yeah, it'll be good to be back. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not jealous because I absolutely am. I can't wait to get back, but thanks for joining me. Thanks to everyone for listening and tuning in as well. We'll be back next week looking at the Sheffield United game and hopefully talking about an opening day win for the Villa. Up the Villa. Up the Villa.